Simeon Wilger has asked for a release from his national letter of intent to North Carolina, and I gotta tell you, processing this news is not exactly how I expected to spend Tuesday, June 6th, 2023. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Wednesday, June 7th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I am your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to welcome you in to this very strange, crazy offseason that we continue to be part of. But seriously, thanks for making Locked on Tar Heels your first watch or first listen of the day. If it's your first time or your 100th time or 500th time, so glad that you are here. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college, and when you enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, you're going to get a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every single order. I was drinking out of mine earlier today. It's awesome. Well, coming up on today's show... Simeon Wilcher. That's what we're talking about. Now, in all seriousness, though, we'll, as we always do when there's personnel movement, I will pull up the scholarship chart for us. For those of you watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see it. If you're listening, no worries. I'll talk you through it, and we'll look at what this means, how things are shaping up, where do we go from here in both the short and long term. But first, I, I just want to unpack the actual news itself and reactions to it. Where I'm at, I'd love to hear where you're at with it as well. Very seriously, I kind of joked about it, but this is not what any of us were probably expecting on some random Tuesday in early June. Um, Now, I know that with Elliot Cadeau's reclassification last week, there were perhaps expectations of more movement. I think we got some of that prior, actually, to Cadeau's reclassification with DeMarco Dunn leaving, but then now we hear this news. And so while the news itself is not entirely surprising, it did kind of catch me off guard. I don't mind saying Um, it has been a a weird and wacky and busy offseason for North Carolina basketball. We're getting to the point where it's almost like NBA free agency where they're just isn't an offseason, and that's fine. I love it. That's what I'm here for, is to help keep us all up to date and up to speed with it. And so so I'm thankful from that standpoint to be able to have thing, fun things to talk about. But uh, that's where we're at. So Simeon Wilcher has requested a release from his national letter of intent to come to North Carolina. And of course, all accounts suggest that North Carolina is going to do just that. A statement from the Wilcher family to Inside Carolina says, quote, after careful consideration, I've decided to ask North Carolina for a release from my national letter of intent. We will not be commenting further and thank UNC for the opportunity to play in the ACC. Interestingly worded there, just like when, again, I'm paid to pick these things apart. You notice how the beginning of it is in first person, like it's Simeon talking. Later on in the statement, it goes to third person. Or I'm sorry, it's all first person. It goes from singular to plural first person. It starts with 
um, Simeon's voice saying, I've decided, but then later we will not be commenting, meaning he or his family. And so that that's um, clearly say, I, I don't mean that as a negative thing. I'm just, it's clearly coming from not just Simeon, but his whole family as well. So you're here because you want to know where I'm at on this. What are my thoughts, right? That's why you tune in. Um, frankly, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts too, because um, it, it's always interesting to me to hear the fan base's reaction when things like this go down. So on Tuesday, it's like any anything that is a loss in life. I vacillated back and forth between two different feelings. On one hand, it's like, I've just come to grips with this is college athletics. Now guys, even girls, if you're following girl sports, aren't just going to stick around and develop as much. You will still have people that do that. And right. That, that happens. But for people like Simeon with NBA legitimate, I should say legitimate NBA aspirations. If I'm not, going to be able to be in a situation where I'm going to be able to do the things I need to do to get to the NBA on the timeline I hope to get to the NBA on, then I'm I'm going to peace out. Now, again, that's not going to be everybody, but we are going to see more and more and more of that. And so it's like, I've just kind of come to grips with that is college athletics. Now you either get used to it or find something new to enjoy and cheer for, you know? Or on the other hand, secondly, it's like, man, I, I, I miss, like, I, I don't know how old you are. I'm 39 years old. So I've been around long enough watching and interacting with college athletics to, to miss the days of like program building of passing the baton from one player to the next, to the next, (laughs) come be part of something bigger than yourself. This is the way of things. It's how you build a program. It's how you develop players and people and student athletes. You know, Joel Berry, great example of this. Started precisely zero games his freshman year at North Carolina. Played 13 minutes, just over 13 minutes a game that freshman year. Averaged 4.2 points a game. And it's been well detailed, well chronicled, well documented that he questioned himself. He questioned his decision. Should I quit? Should I go somewhere else? What, what is it? But ultimately stuck with it and had a pretty stinking remarkable next three years in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Now you hear me say that, and it sounds like I'm saying things anti-Simeon. I'm, I'm not, I'm just saying I miss that era. I, I do. And so I've literally legitimately gone back and forth. Like the, the development path seems more like what Seth Trimble has committed himself to. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm sticking around. I'm going to continue developing and working in those things. But in this era of transfer portal capability of name, image, and likeness stuff of, I, you know, getting to the NBA as quickly as possible while, you know, you can do all those things. It, it, it's going to happen. And so, you know, I, I wouldn't even say that I'm mad or upset. I'm disappointed because I was excited um, for Simeon to be a Tar Heel. I had been able to develop a relationship 
um, with Simeon's dad, Sergio. And in, in fact, we shared some texts back and forth uh, on, on Tuesday, just taking a moment to, to wish their family well and whatever comes next. And, and Sergio wrote back very nice response. You know, it's like, we're still people, we're still humans and we still process these things. Um, and, and that's how it goes. And so um, this is ultimately a business decision is, is where I see it for Simeon and, and the Wiltshire family. If, if he's wanting to spend just one year of college with the ball in his hands and then go in the 2024 draft, when you look at North Carolina's backcourt, there's not the space to do that because to me, the ball is either going to be in Elliot's hands or RJ's hands. And, and that's where it's at. So I, similar to saying, I'm not mad or upset. I, I want to say I'm confused, but I'm not, you know, Elliot Cadeau comes in and that path for Simeon isn't what he once thought it was. And so you have to, at least if you are in Simeon's shoes, consider, does it make sense for me to keep staying here? Um, it, what, what was interesting is at first when Elliot reclassified last week, it seemed like, um, from what I had seen from Simeon on social media, like championing it. Yeah, I'm excited. And, and those things. And, um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting. Um, there, there was a tweet from Armando Baycott, uh, later on Tuesday afternoon that said, quote, running from the grind, just those four words. Um, it's assumed to have been directed at Simeon for not being willing to stick around and, and grind and earn his place and time and minutes. Um, and I, it's whatever. It's like, I, I see where Armando's coming from with that, but I also see where the Wilters family is coming from. And like the, the Carolina colored glasses that I want to wear want to get upset and want to get frustrated want to be like, yeah, Mondo get him. Uh, but the, the taking off those glasses and looking at like family glasses and decisions for my family, like I, I start to hear it and get it from that standpoint. Um, and so Mondo is going to receive both praise and criticism for that tweet. And, and I get, I get that. I understand it. Um, but honestly, knowing Mondo's personality, I wouldn't be surprised if he's just messing around. And I think everyone's taking it very seriously. Keep in mind, this dude has a quirky sense of humor. Uh, here's another interesting nuance of the, this whole thing. If you are dialed in on college basketball beyond just North Carolina, you are probably aware that Duke also had a player request out of his national letter of intent as well. And that was McKenzie Mbaco, who has since committed to Indiana over Kansas. Now, what's interesting is you might or might not be aware of this facet of it as well, is that Mbaco had transferred to Roselle Catholic there um, and played with Simeon Wilcher this past season. And so interesting, they were both planning to be at Mbaco at Duke, Wilcher at North Carolina, and go from being teammates to being rivals this year. And now neither of them are going to those schools. And so I'm not saying that's a, you know, conspiracy or anything where it's just, just a funny happenstance that went down. So again, would love to hear where you're at. Maybe you're big mad and I get that. Maybe you're like good riddance, you know, like 
I'm not going to let it hurt me because I, I can't emotionally vibe with it right now. Whatever. I, I'd love to know it. Um, maybe you disagree with my take on it. That's fine. That's why we're here. That's why we talk is because we're allowed to have differing opinions. That's what human nature is. Um, so I'm not going to get upset if you disagree with how I feel about it. Now, the thing, though, that comes next is now it's time to look at the scholarship chart. What does this mean for the Tar Heels? What does this mean for the makeup of the backcourt going forward? We're going to unpack all of that and look at it in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. I, I don't know how else to say it, so I'm just going to keep it very simple for you. Board, bird Dog shorts and pants just make you look good. The Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through your thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. And I got to be honest, I need the help with a truly sculpted look. Bird Dogs do exactly the same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. And they also fit better than regular shorts that are made of like stiff, restricting cotton. How so? How does uh, Bird Dogs pull this off? Well, they invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a slimmer fit without sacrificing movement. It also uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that gives you cool, that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So I want to suggest to you, I love these things. I got the tumbler sitting right over here. I was wearing the shorts earlier today. Phenomenal stuff. Go get some bird dogs. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. Enter that promo code locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You ain't going to want to take these bird dogs off. I promise you. Okay, okay, right back to this thing, and we're going to get into it with looking at the scholarship chart. So for those of you who are watching on YouTube, I'm going to pull it up so you can see it right here. Let me change the background so it looks just cleaner and fresher. Let me take my name off too so you can see everything in the key there. So for those of you who are not watching, those of you who are listening, let me explain what you're looking at in case you've never seen my scholarship chart before. What I do is anytime there's player movement in or out, commitments, decommitments, transfers, whatever, I project out um, for as long as Carolina has players with scholarship availability committed to the program, showing what class they're in, how many open scholarships there currently are for each season, and listen, I always get all this pushback like, oh, that's not right. There's no way that Ian Jackson is going to stay for all four years. Well, of course not, duh. But we're just projecting what is possible. So if you're looking at it, that's what you're seeing. So as of right now, Carolina is now down to 10 scholarship players for the 23-24 season. Five super seniors using that fifth year, that COVID eligibility. That's Armando Baycott, Paxson Wojcik, and Cormac Ryan. Two seniors who, by the way, both have COVID eligibility remaining. If you're if you're watching and can see the, the key there, you notice that's what the double asterisk is for. But anyway, that's RJ Davis and Louisville transfer Jalen Withers. There is one junior on the team right now. That's Harrison Ingram, who transferred in from Stanford. Two sophomores, guys that were originally Tar Heels, Seth Trimble and Jalen Washington. And then now down to just two incoming freshmen, which is funny because a week ago there were only two incoming freshmen. It was just a different group. A week ago, 
there were two freshmen and it was Simeon Wilcher and Zayden High. Now the only two incoming freshmen are Elliot Cadeau and Zayden High. So that's where we're at. And that means because you have a quota of 13 available scholarships that North Carolina now has three available remaining scholarships. Now, in terms of specifically what Carolina should do with those, that's tomorrow's show. Coach Pat Kilby and I are going to unpack it, talk about it. Um, he is a coach talking about like, here's what I would want on my roster, if anything else. So make sure you tune in for that one as well. Now, prior to Simeon Wilcher's decommitment, essentially, the backcourt felt very overloaded for North Carolina. Six different players that I identify as um, backcourt players, six of the 11 scholarships. So now I identify it as five of the 10 scholarships are backcourt players. And suddenly it doesn't feel so overloaded anymore. Let me tell you why. Let's break it down. Those five players are RJ Davis, Seth Trimble, Cormac Ryan, Paxson Wojcik, and the new reclassified Elliot Cadeau. Those five players. Now, if you've heard me talk about it, you know that I believe that Carolina is going to roll out a three-guard lineup and start three of those five names I just mentioned. And for me, that's RJ Davis, Elliot Cadeau, and Cormac Ryan, starting at the one, the two, and the three, not necessarily in that order, because it'll be Elliot Cadeau at the one, RJ at the two, and I believe Cormac Ryan at the three. So there was a lot of comfortability when it was those three guys are starting, and you know that you've got both Seth Trimble and Simeon Wilcher as quality bench players being part of the main rotation. I'm of the belief that Paxson Wojcik, who I'm so glad is a Tar Heel, so glad is part of this team, is going to be a great part of it, a legacy guy. I, I do not see him projecting as a player who plays a ton of minutes. You know, maybe you look up and he's averaging three, four, five minutes a game. And so with that said, while there were six backcourt players that I am projecting to be part of the regular rotation, um, I'm projecting five of those six to be part of the rotation on a consistent basis. But then you lose Simeon, and now you have five players, four of whom I'm projecting to be part of that main consistent rotation. So really, now you've got four players for two-plus positions, depending on whether Carolina is playing a three-guard lineup or not. If they're playing a three-guard lineup, like I just said, where you would start Elliot Cadeau, RJ Davis, and Cormac Ryan, then Seth Trimble's really the only rotation guard you've got coming off the bench. Um, so that I, I don't know whether to say that's concerning or more in line with the Hubert Davis MO, right? Where we're not going to use more than that anyway. And even still, if Elliot goes to the bench, RJ probably slides to the one, or maybe Seth comes in at the one. You know, like you're just trying to figure that out. So part of this whole conversation, though, about your comfortability with the no number of backcourt players right now revolves around how the coaching staff wants to use Harrison Ingram. Here's what I mean. In the small ball lineup that I've been proposing for a while now, again, that's RJ Elliott, Cormac Ryan, Harrison Ingram at the four, Armando Baycott at the five, you're utilizing three of those four rotation backcourt players. However, hear me say there are going to be lineups 
where Harrison Ingram is back at the three at that small forward position and the more natural position, by the way, for him. And then you've just got two of the four backcourt players in a couple example lineups might be something like RJ Davis at the one Cormac Ryan at the two Harrison Ingram at three Jalen Withers at four and Baycott at five, or maybe RJ's on the bench and you've got Elliot Cadeau at the one Seth Trimble at the two Harrison Ingram at the three, maybe Zayden High at the four, and Jalen Washington at the five. And so there are going to be a lot of those lineups as well, where there are only two of those four guards. And if Carolina opts to play a lot more two-guard lineups, then you feel good with just having those four as main rotation players. But if Carolina is wanting to utilize three-guard consistently, you know, 35 minutes of a game, it's like, ah, not so certain about that. Some of that, I think a big part of it is going to be dependent upon specifically Seth Tremble's development this offseason. Here's what I mean by that. You know what you've got with RJ Davis with hopefully a healthy index finger. You've seen what Cormac Ryan can do because you've seen it for the last four years at Notre Dame. You know what Elliot Cadeau is capable of, and I firmly believe that translates well from where he's been to what he will do for North Carolina. Um, and then again, I, I don't project right now Paxson Wojcik having a, a major role um, on a consistent level. So then the question becomes the variable of Seth Trimble and his ability to take a massive leap well, of course he can take a massive leap because he's an uber athletic kid, but a massive uh, metaphorical leap from his freshman to sophomore season. Is his offense able to grow? He he only took six three-pointers last year, you know, like those kind of things. Um, how can Carolina capitalize on that athleticism? And so I, I think a lot of Carolina's success as a backcourt and their decision on do we need to bring in somebody else is really dependent on Seth's development this offseason ahead of his sophomore year. So that's where I believe that we are at when we look back at the scholarship chart, which I've still got on screen. I'm about to take away, though, uh, just for your awareness and bring back up our other graphics, our normal stuff here. And so um, we're, we're just going to have to see. And that's part of what Coach Pat Kilby and I are going to talk about tomorrow. But that's where things stand right now. You're either, you're either comfortable because there's a Hubert Davis-sized backcourt amount of depth right now, or you, you feel uncomfortable because you need more backcourt depth. Maybe it's Antonio Reeves, like we talked about on yesterday's show. You're right. Like This opens the door to make something like that much more of a reality. But the question that comes up next is this. Okay, Isaac, this is great. You, you've talked about your thoughts and feelings on Simeon Wilcher. You've talked about the, the scope of the backcourt now, but what do we do now? I want to answer that question for you and I'll do so in just a second. All right. Simeon Wilcher is out at North Carolina and we ask the question, what now? And I don't mean this in terms of what do we do with the scholarships? Cause again, we're going to answer that on tomorrow's show with coach Pat Kilby. The very simple answer to what now is we move on. And I, I, I hate to sound so, cold and calculated. And I don't mean that in a way of like, I wash my hands of Simeon Wilcher and I will never speak his name again. That's not it at all. I, I 
am interested to see where Simeon Wilcher lands. I hope he has a great freshman year and is able to go straight on to the NBA. I, I wish him zero ill will. I wish he was going to be a Tar Heel. Absolutely. But as someone who loves college basketball, I see that bigger landscape and I get it. So what do you do now? You move on because that's the deal now. It's the same thing you we all had to go through with Puff Johnson and all those other, every of the other six outside of him, when Caleb and Dontrez and DeMarco and everyone that left the program transferring this year, that that's where we're at. So I want to ask you, and myself included, to just stop and take a deep breath and pause before you click retweet and think about it before you go off typing all the vitriol um, of bashing Simeon or anyone else. That's not the deal. The deal is these players have more autonomy and capability to make a decision for them and their lives than ever before in college athletics. And so let me say that this is not going away. This is part of college athletics now. There are going to be years like this offseason where it's going to happen a lot to North Carolina. There are going to be years where it's going to happen to other teams more and North Carolina less. There's going to be ebbs and flows to it, and we will live through all of that. And we'll huddle together as a family and circle the wagons because that's what we do. And so just, just brace yourselves for that. Now, I need to, to squash a rumor. There, there became this rumor of another decommitment for North Carolina that was swirling around. And I'm not saying there won't be. There might be. But everyone immediately jumped to it being Ian Jackson. That ain't happening. At least, you know, I mean... Who knows? Because this time last year, I would have said that ain't happening with Simeon Wilcher, but here we are, right? But as of right now, Ian Jackson, Ian Jackson has essentially reaffirmed uh, his commitment both to his high school and the North Carolina and is, is not a thing. So that's another thing. Don't Just stop that speculation. Don't help it spread. That doesn't do anyone any good. And then he has to respond to it. Like he responded to it on social media. Come on, man. No, that's not what we're doing. Now, another thing, this is a more long-term thing in terms of the so what now, is as this becomes more professionalized college athletics, you, you have to start thinking in some more of those terms. So for example, there are some college basketball programs out there starting to hire a general manager now, not necessarily to take things out of Hubert Davis's hands, but to help process it to help decisions together. Duke has done this. They hired a woman named Rachel Baker to essentially be their GM for basketball. Like these are the things we need to start looking at and that are going to be part of the game. So just start to process that, start to think about it and be aware of it. But you do start to think about what, what can Carolina do, if anything, to quell this in the future? Because remember, they lost Gigi Jackson last summer and now they lose Simeon Wiltshire this summer. Granted, last summer it was losing a player a year away. This summer it's losing a player a couple months away, who, you know, a week or two from moving to campus. Are there things you can do with it, or is it just a coincidence that that's happening in back to back years and other schools are experiencing the exact same thing? That's kind of where this is at and what we got to deal with. So there we go, folks. What do we do now? We take a deep breath 
and we move on. <laughs> uh, kind of funny. DeMarco Dunn hasn't committed anywhere yet. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see what plays out. Folks, can't wait to talk about this Simeon Wiltshire saga more tomorrow. Excited to be joined by Coach Pat Kilby. As always, you everydayers, make sure you're right back here with us. Folks, if you're not an everydayer, come do it. Come start being part of our family every day. Bring somebody else along with you. That's how we keep growing as a group. But that's it for today's episode of the show. If you would, go leave a five-star review anywhere you can do so. Talk about why you love the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Locked on Heels. Follow me at Isaac Shade. You can email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. I've got about eight waiting in my inbox that came in because of the Simeon Wiltshire news on Tuesday. And so I need to get on replying to those. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, smash the like button, and comment on all your thoughts on this. Really appreciate you hanging out with me. Want to remind you that even on a day where there's some sad news like this, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll talk again tomorrow, but until then, peace. Peace.